and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing, your e-commerce advertising specialists. Today, we are here with Brinley King from E-Commerce Growth. Brinley is a technical specialist in advanced email marketing using Klaviyo, e-commerce growth strategy, and e-commerce conversion optimization. Bryn is proudly one of only two accredited Klaviyo Platinum Partners in the Australia Pacific region and is also the winner of the Australian Women in Digital Digital Marketer of the Year Award 2018. I love this episode as Bryn shares some amazing tips for email marketing. So get your notepad ready. Welcome to episode 16. Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. Today we are here with Brinley, the founder of E-Commerce Growth. Welcome, Brinley. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm so, so excited to have you on the show. Clavio and email marketing is obviously such a big thing for business. So I'm super excited to have you here. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here today. Definitely love talking all things Clavio. So yeah, great to be here. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how e-commerce growth came to be. Essentially, my name is uh, Brinley King and I'm a technical specialist in advanced email marketing using Clavio e-commerce growth strategy and e-commerce conversion optimization and essentially I'm the founder of e-commerce growth which is a boutique Gold Coast based agency for brands that would rather outsmart than outspend their competition and proudly I am a uh, Clavio Master Platinum Partner and winner of the Women in Digital Marketer of the Year Award for 2018. And just for the sake of sprinkling in some extra social proof, in 2020 alone, my small but mighty team and I generated more than 17 million Australian dollars for the small handful of Clavio accounts that we manage on an ongoing basis. So essentially, that's me and e-commerce growth in a nutshell. Amazing. So how did e-commerce growth start? Like what was kind of the the moment that you're like, I'm going to start this business and, and how did it go from there? So basically... In 2003, my mom had started a coconut oil brand on eBay. And so I was around 12, 13 at the time and ended up working with my parents for 10 years after I left high school. And only a few years ago, my parents sold 85% of their company. And I was just at a bit of a crossroads because I guess at that stage, us kids who all worked for my parents were were always kind of told that, you know, it would be a family business and we would continue it on. And so when the sale kind of happened, it was like for the first time, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And basically what had happened was, is that the people who had, or the, there was investors who invested into it. And there was a guy who was um, managing all of their funds and he had asked me to go and work in their company and they had a finance company. So doing like their digital marketing and things like that. So I essentially started working for them. And that was like the moment where I really realized that, you know, digital marketing and finance was definitely not something I'm interested in. Love the rush of, you know, hearing the Shopify cha-ching every time a sale comes through. <laughs> um, Such a satisfying and, noise. Uh, <laughs> and so from that point, I was like, I'm going to leave here. And yeah, I just came home one day to my partner and said, I'm leaving my job and I'm going to go out and do digital marketing and freelance. And so, yeah, I ended up freelancing and really grinding for about two years. My clients know that at that stage I was doing crazy hours. And then I got to a point where it was kind of like, you know, I really need a bit of my life back. I need to be spending more time with my partner, family, friends, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I started went through a recruitment company, started hiring 
And that's where kind of e-commerce growth is today. So we've officially been a company since February 2020, I guess right as like COVID was happening. But yeah, so far everything's been really amazing. Amazing. What started your love for Clavio specifically and why do you like it preferred to other platforms? So really interestingly, when my parents, before they sold, they had spent, mum had spent like $45,000, on a custom built website. It was completely custom. So anytime I ever wanted like a, a pop-up or an opt-in on the website, they would send us through a bill for like $2,000 to develop that. And I kept saying to mum, this is not sustainable from a marketing perspective. Like I want to be doing so much stuff on the site, but I'm just so limited with what we have. So I basically said to her, look, let me just do like a mock-up website on Shopify. Let's move it over and see what we can do. And, you know, we obviously won't turn it live until you're happy with it. So I basically did that and I was going through doing some like digital marketer courses at the time, Ezra Firestone's one, like his e-commerce mastery. And I saw him raving about Clavio. This was probably back 2015, 2016. So I built the Shopify store. Mum loved it. So we, we did the full migration over. And then I incorporated Clavio into the store. So we moved from Mailchimp to Clavio and I just fell in love with it. Everything that we could do was just, yeah, that was kind of like the first time that I truly kind of found out about the capabilities and everything. So yeah, that's where it all kind of started. <laughs> Amazing. So when you start working with a new client, what are some of the kind of first things that you do to get some kind of quick wins under your belt? Oh, so in terms of quick wins, I guess we have a whole other side of it where we'll go through and work out all of their strategies. So if we are crafting that brand's Clavio strategy for them, we'll pretty much go through first and do a account power audit. And so then we go through and review like all of the possible third-party integrations and list out all of the opportunities, errors, and things like that. And then from there, we'll typically start with quick wins. So we'll go through straight away, revise all of their opt-ins on the website, go through and set up for them like their lead source opt-in and welcome flow, welcome series, uh, a banner cart flow and emails, as well as like their added to cart and browser bannerment. So that's typically the first quick wins that we do. And then from there, we'll kind of go through onto our next step of the strategy while those kind of those flows are turned on just in terms of, you know, getting some revenue while we're working on more of the strategy side. And we'll actually go through then and review the last 12 months of data and work out that if the brand does want to double in 12 months, then what are the the number of new customers, the average order value, and then the repurchase frequency, what that needs to be to get them there. So there's a guy by the name of Drew Sinocchi. I don't know if you've heard of him before, but he's such a powerhouse in the e-commerce community. And so he actually has this method that if you focus on those three levers and increasing uh, each one of those by 30% each, then you'll be able to double your revenue in 12 months. So then it has that emphasis that you're not just 100% focused on new customer acquisition and that you're actually growing at a profitable way, essentially, by also focusing on your average order value and your repeat customers too. Yeah. And then I guess from there, after we've gone through and done all of their like growth metrics and things like that, we'll then list out all of the flows and opt-ins that can be built within the account. And then we'll essentially go through and look from a campaign perspective crafting out each quarter's campaign strategy. That kind of depends if we're working with them on an ongoing basis or if we're more so kind of structured and just working on the flow side. And then from there, it's then more implementation. So that's kind of how, yeah, we structure it at e-commerce growth. 
Amazing. So when you were talking initially about going through and kind of reviewing people's add to cart, like the abandonment um, and the welcome flows and things, for those listening, is there any kind of tips and advice of things that you're looking for that are really easy fixes to kind of bring in some extra revenue? I guess something that I see that's not in everyone's account, just simple things like the browser abandonment viewed product tracking isn't set up correctly or the added to cart abandoned cart tracking snippets aren't set up. Other things I see all the time and something for like all listeners that if you are like frequently changing your Shopify theme file, always make sure you make sure you're like pushing through the integration with Clavio again, just so you can kind of ensure that all of that data is tracking in. So only recently I was just looking in at a brand's account that we'd done a setup for quite a while ago. And I'll still jump into accounts just to kind of see what's going on and to look for the tracking. And I'd noticed that they've moved to a new theme, hadn't updated the tracking. So I had, I sent them an email. I was like, Hey guys, um, just letting you know that I've jumped in and I've seen that your tracking's not working. Um, so went in there and did that for them. But yeah, definitely something to always think about when you are changing theme files. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So for those listeners that are using, you know, simpler email programs like MailChimp, do you have any advice for them? And then when would be the, like, the right time to switch to something more advanced like Clavio? My advice is to move. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a even, point where you're like, I'm spending enough money that now's the time to move or just move? <laughs> even if you're starting out, like the best thing to do is just start on the best, the best, you know, platform. And I guess... When you think about it from a cost perspective, if it's costing you 100 USD a month, you only have to, what, depending on your, if your average order value is $100, you need to get one sale to kind of get a return. It definitely is something that I see too many brands like kind of focusing on the costs of apps and things like that. And they kind of can get really hung up on it. But I definitely feel like, you know, if you are going to um, going to do things properly, spend the money and use Clavio. And then, for example, say, for example, with like review-based apps and things like that, use something more cheaper, like Judge Me over something like Okendo. Do you know what I mean? So you can kind of, if you've got a budget for apps and things like that, yeah, 100%, spend the money on Clavio. Scott from Okendo is going to be very sad. The interview <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Okendo fan, honest, but I understand I, your logic. I am like flying their flag every day to all of the brands we've <laughs> The whole integration that they have now with Clavio is just phenomenal. Like having all oh, it's of insane. In. If you, for any listeners, have a look on Google, just type in Skims abandoned cart email example. You'll be able to see like Kim Kardashian's Skims brand and how they're using Okendo to like, you know, design their emails. And that's just how incredible Okendo's integration is with Clavio now. It looks so, it looks so amazing. So yeah, I love Okendo. I really do. <laughs> Scott will be happy now. Yeah. <laughs> you gave him a nice little plug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when, let's get back on to not talking about Okendo. We're talking about Clavio. <laughs> What's the best way to craft a brand's email strategy? Like, is there a process you go through? Like if someone's doing this on their own, what's kind of the best way to go about doing that? Pretty much kind of like how I had mentioned before, definitely go through and kind of just conduct a bit of a power audit. So go through and see what are the different types of flows you can have in the account. If you're just starting out, have a look in the browse flows section and go through there and see if the, if anything fit the brand and the type of products that you're selling. Another really important step is review all of your third-party Shopify apps. 
There's so many integrations. I've actually got a call today with the team at Gorgeous because now they've got a phenomenal Clavio integration. There's definitely so much that you can do once you're kind of connecting all of your customer like data and touch points together um, and so many extra flows that can be built depending on what third-party apps you're using. So that's definitely a tip there. And then from there, just kind of list everything out. So really good to kind of get into a Google Doc and just write, you know, would a birthday flow suit or would review-based flows work? All of these different types of things, just go through and list it all out. And then from there, get started with kind of prioritizing then, all right, what's going to make me the most money? Or say, for example, your winbacks. I know personally from looking into accounts, winbacks don't really do as much as what kind of you see online where everyone's like focus on these there's definitely more others that you should focus on first but yeah it's just about just putting everything down onto a piece of paper and then going through and implementing and that's one thing I see in so many accounts and I've even had projects before where I've had a brand say to me Bryn we just want you to build the flows we'll take care of all of the design and the copy and everything like that and I've still had accounts where two years later nothing will be done so (laughs) I have seen this so many times and I always feel like email is like the forgotten child um, of the digital world like people just kind of have all of this focus on more of the external you know customer facing stuff like socials and ads and you know that's all important but if you really are trying to grow you really need to have a focus on email and it's definitely something that I see brands just not putting a lot of time and effort into so yeah, just take action. I mean, get shit done. As we were talking <laughs> prior to this call, one of my clients has their ad account shut down because Facebook's AI is on the rampage. And the only reason they're still making sales right now is because of their email marketing. So you definitely want to kind of focus on building those things if you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's such an important part of it. So yeah, just get in and get stuff done. <laughs> A hundred percent. So obviously to have an email marketing campaign, you need a list and you need lots of people on that list. So what are some of your favorite ways to build an email list? Because I know that's something a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, definitely. So I guess your opt-in strategy is just so incredibly important. And essentially it's the top of your marketing funnel and how you'll be able to cookie browsers with further flows, such as your browser abandonment, your added to cart abandoned carts, even with tracking snippets such as like viewed page and then having flows based off if they've viewed your sizing guides or anything like that. So it's really important, um, especially using a tool like Klaviyo, that your opt-in strategy is kind of really paramount and that you're really thinking about it. And so with that, there's two ways to think about your opt-in strategy. And that is if you're a brand that wants to incentivize or a brand that does not So I know for a lot of the brands we work with, we have such a mix of brands (laughs) that are really happy to incentivize. And then I have brands that flat out refuse to, which is completely okay. For me as a marketer, that's great because then that means that I've got to think outside of the box and do other different things to do that for them. And yeah, I'm very passionate about ensuring that every person I work with remains as profitable as possible. So in saying that you can definitely use some methods such as like competition-based opt-ins. So that's one that won't devalue your brand or give away $10 or 10% off with every order. And it's pretty much a strategy that I roll out with every single brand I work with because it just goes nuts. And so I guess some other kind of tips I had on that was to 
and this is something I'd love to hear your thoughts on, is to, well, I definitely recommend to all the brands we work with to be running Facebook lead ads to their Klaviyo account and thinking about the customer lifetime value of those leads rather than the return on ad spend. So I recently just had a client ask me to run a report on the lead ads that they were spending $1,200 a month of their Facebook ad strategy to acquire. And she was pretty much questioning, you know, like, is this worth it? And so what I did is I went into the Klaviyo account, I exported then a list of everyone or a segment of everyone who had purchased. And then from there, I exported then the CSV file from Klaviyo directly of all of the data within there. So you can get so much, you can get their customer lifetime value, historical orders, how many times they've purchased. Like you literally get, I think it's about four different pages that you can kind of go over of data that you can export. And so from this one scenario, this particular client had 55 customers who had purchased and it was worth just under $13,000 in customer lifetime value. So I essentially said to her, keep running the ads, don't stop. (laughs) And it's just something I kind of hit. Yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because I hit barriers all of the time with with brands that are working with other like agencies that don't want to kind of affect the brand's return on ad spend in that way and that they're, they're pretty much just focused on conversions. They're not really focused on lead ads or anything like that. So, yeah, interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned this previously when we were talking just in preparation for this interview and I think it's genius. I think I understand why other brands marketing agencies don't want to do it because a lot of them are so caught up on that return on ad spend and so many clients are caught up on that in Facebook return on ad spend. But most of my clients, we kind of work more on a, how is the business doing as a whole? Yeah. And like, for instance, I work with a couple of subscription-based businesses and with a subscription-based business, most of the time you're losing money from a Facebook ads perspective and that's fine. Because the whole point is that if you're doing your subscription-based business really well, your lifetime value is amazing. Like they've subscribed. It might have cost you money to get them the first time. But if they're, your product is amazing and you're going to keep them for the next 12 months, it doesn't matter that you lost money on the first month because you're going to keep them for the next 11 and now you're making lots of money. So I think it's definitely a brilliant strategy to increase that mailing list. Like we've got one client that their email list have an average order value of like two or three times anyone else. Like there's a specific component of that list. Like it's just, it's so powerful to get people on that email list that if you can, even if it's costing you more than you think it should cost you to build that email list, it's a hundred percent worth it. So I might be rolling that out with some of my clients now. (laughs) Thanks to you. (laughs) You know, it is even too, if it costs like a dollar or $2 per lead to acquire them, just think about like you now can go back and remarket back to them with campaigns, with flows. Like there's just, if you think about the cost then per lead, and I guess it does take potentially then a little bit more time for them to actually become a customer. But once they're on that list, there's just so much more you can kind of do with them as well. So I definitely yeah. like from that perspective, something just to think about. I think it gives you a better chance to build a relationship with customers. Like I think yeah. we forget sometimes in digital marketing, we're talking to people here. Like, just because someone saw one Facebook ad does not make them a loyal customer. Yeah. Like if you can get someone from a Facebook ad onto your mailing list, they get invested in the brand, they like the brand. Like that's the kind of stuff that they start talking about their friends, they tag you on Instagram. Like you've built a relationship with them. Like most people that I know, especially that are in business, aren't in business because 
they just want to like make bucket tons of money and screw their customers. Like they're in it because they have a product that they love. They want a community that, you know, really responds to their product. Realistically, getting them on a Facebook ad, getting them to buy from you, you haven't really built a relationship. Like you might've got a sale, that's great. And obviously now they're on your list, so they're going to get your emails. But if you can kind of work out how to build relationships with people rather than just trying to like throw marketing at them, I think you've got a a much better chance of having a a really successful business and a customer base that loves you because that's where you get really good businesses. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I also had on that like one other tip. I just, I've written some notes. So, So just to clarify, we've got competitions, using a lead ad on Facebook to drive to Clavio. And what's the last one? So the last one, and this is one that I use all of the time also too with every other brand we work with, and that is using a Clavio-based embedded form on a Shopify-based, you know, subscribe page, for example, brandname.com forward slash subscribe and promoting that page to your Instagram story swipe ups. So this is something that I actually sent an email to a brand only just a couple of days ago. And so I've created that form for them back in February, 2020. They've got a really great reach on their organic, you know, Instagram stories. And through that method, they would gained just, so when I reviewed the starter, they gained just under 16,000 subscribers and the customer lifetime value of those subscribers alone had just hit over a million dollars. And that was the email I was sending them to let them know that just through that one organic method that they were using a go in the draw to win two times $200 competition vouchers that, yeah, over a million dollars in customer lifetime value just through that. So if you think about it from a perspective, and this is what I wrote in the email, they'd spent $6,000 on recommended retail price gift vouchers to grow their list organically through Instagram story swipe ups to get that type of return. So 100%. Incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like I think people get a little bit stuck in like, how do we do this? And they're like, they rely on organic growth for their list, i.e. I'm not doing anything to grow my list. And then kind of wonder why things aren't working. But I think the suggestions you've given in terms of growing that list, if you're you're sending out an email and every email is making you, you know, $3,000, $10,000, whatever it is, $500, why wouldn't you invest in growing that list so that that can double? Yeah, exactly. And you know what else is really important? I actually did this just for another client only just recently. When you're thinking about your opt-in strategy, don't just think of one thing. So I wrote out one the other day for a brand that had 11 different touch points alone. And that was based on if they're an F0, which I like whenever I work in accounts, I consider that as a frequency of zero purchases. I then had a strategy for F1, so anyone who is a customer. You know, there's so many different things you can do and so many different touch points. So don't just kind of get focused on one thing and kind of neglect things. Like sit down and and think about, you know, I can incorporate Instagram story swipe up strategy. I can have Facebook lead ads. I can have a mobile desktop a mobile and desktop F0-based opt-in on my site. I can also have a bit of messaging that's going back to any previous customers that may be another mobile and another desktop-specific opt-in. Like there's just so many different things that you can kind of think about, especially too, like footers, having opt-ins in there. Another thing that I'm really passionate about is on your collection pages or even at the bottom of your product pages, having another opt-in there that kind of reiterates if you've got an offer or anything. So you've kind of got something across every single page of the site. So it's definitely, yeah, what I'm trying to say is there's so much you can do. (laughs) 
Yeah. I think it just needs to be a focus for businesses. They need to be aware that it's an important part of their marketing and not be the kind of thing that gets pushed to the side and really focus on it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So obviously once you get people on your email list, Clavio's real kind of specialty is in those flows and automations. That's where it kind of gets its its power from. So if you could offer brands maybe one piece of advice on building out these flows and automations, what would that be? Definitely best advice I can give is just really deep segmentation. So essentially one of the best things you can do within all of your flows is break it down if the person is an F0, so a frequency of zero purchase, or if they're a customer. Because essentially, I guess, if you look through any of the like typical templates that you get when you start a Clavio account, you'll have like um, an event and cart started checkout metric, and then you'll have one email that just gets recycled and goes to everyone. But obviously using a platform like that, you want to be communicating to your customers differently. You know, you talk differently to your F0s or your subscribers who have not yet converted differently to what you do to kind of your repeat customers. So I personally love... I personally love this new versus returning segmentation in all of the flows I do just because I always get a lot of intel from from Facebook groups. So groups like She's on the Money, fantastic one for millennials where you see them all going, oh, I just abandoned carts to get discount codes. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Honestly, have so much saved. (laughs) Saved posts on my personal Facebook from seeing people like that because I build flows then to kind of combat against that and anyone can do that. So say, for example, if you have an opt-in that's like get $10 off your first order, especially too with any of your flows like your browser abandonment, your added to cart abandoned carts or your reach checkout based abandoned cart flows, have it segmented and then reiterate that offer to people who have not yet converted because they've still got that opt-in offer to use. You know what I mean? And then on your repeats, you may have something different or you may not have anything at all. So just little things like that to think of. And definitely too on on that as well. If you are doing like, say, for example, the new versus returning segmentation, you can then have um, personalization to anyone who's returning. So you can use their first name because you know 100% that that's come through from Shopify from their order. Just little things like that definitely help kind of your flow strategy and also to think about other types of segmentation. So if you're a band of carts, if you have, if, like we segmented out by if anyone's an international-based customer as well, if they don't have another international store or say, for example, if they're, they've incorporated New Zealand in the Australian Shopify store, for example. And so from that, I will then segment those people out because if you're not getting free shipping to people in New Zealand, then don't keep harping on about it with your newsletter or you know your email design in the headers or the footers that you've got free shipping when you don't so just little things like that really then allow you to target the content within the email to the right person yeah I think that's so powerful I think a lot of people use Clavio a little bit too much like MailChimp and just kind of send blasts and I think you're not really using it to its full extent if you're not making use of those flows and automations and really customizing everything. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, at the moment, so at the moment, the abandoned cart reach checkout flow that I'm building for brands has 27 emails as a minimum and it's just very highly segmented. So, yeah, there's just... So people aren't getting 27 emails, but there's just 27 variations depending on what your behavior is like. That's incredible. I even, the other day, um, I posted on LinkedIn a video of a browser abandonment flow that I built and it was 54 emails, but I 
what I'd done with that browser abandonment was I broke it down by category and then by product because this particular brand had really high average order values and they didn't have a lot of products that they were selling. So I was able to kind of craft and build a flow that if they were browsing that specific product that was worth $1,500, they'll get a browser abandonment flow that's not the dynamic block and doesn't look like every other Klaviyo-based browser abandonment flow that you, or email that you're getting. It was something that was very kind of tailored to what they're reviewing and had a lot of social proof in there and it was specific to that product. So there is so much you can do and that's where it's kind of a matter of like crafting the strategy and then putting the time into it. I, even too, like if it takes you a week to build something like that out, it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to make so much money from it and it's just going to literally you know, be live and making cash while you sleep, it's definitely worth putting in the extra effort to kind of do little things like that within the platform. Yeah, 100%. So for everyone feeling incredibly overwhelmed now that their abandoned cart is supposed to have like 50 emails, where should someone start in doing that? Because not everyone has the time to do that. Obviously, hiring someone like yourself would be (laughs) an option in that sort of a scenario. But if someone's just starting out, or not necessarily just starting out, but they've been doing this for a while, they're using Klaviyo, they have one abandoned cart email, like what's maybe like some baby steps in between one abandoned cart email and 52 variations? Uh, So definitely do the first conditional split being if they are a new versus returning customer. And then if you have an opt-in offer of say 10% off your first order or anything like that, reiterate that to anyone who's not yet converted. So on your new customer's path in those emails, be like, hey, and don't forget, you've still got 10% off your first order. Perfect. See, that sounds less overwhelming. Yeah. Like I was stressed and I don't set up Clavio. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it just goes to prove what's possible. It's like when people use me to run Facebook ads and they're like, whoa, how many ads are you running? Like a lot of business owners don't have the power to do that on their own. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well too, like just using that that kind of simple strategy that I've given there, what I see time and time again is that people just continually are throwing out discount codes everywhere. And so over time that can really start to devalue the brand and you don't want to do that. You don't want to train your customers to be, you know, abandoning carts to get that and, and certain things. So it's really important that if you are giving someone a welcome a welcome kind of discount code and they haven't yet used that use the segmentation of the flows to keep reiterating the same code back to them otherwise you'll end up with all of these different flows all of these different coupons and then someone's got four coupons that have been given or offered to them within like the first you know 30 days so think about it in that way as well but if you are giving out something keep reiterating that back to them and you don't have to keep creating new ones and i, I see this a lot like a lot <laughs> yeah, I think that's great advice because obviously you don't want to keep discounting. You train people to hunt for the discounts. Like they're not going to buy from you until you send them a discount if you start doing that. So I love that idea. I think that's really good. All right. So for everyone that's listening now that's kind of thinking, oh God, where do I start with setting all this up? Have you got any advice on setting up that campaign strategy and kind of working out what it would be, what it needs to look like? Obviously, you mentioned before going through flows and things in Clavio and getting some inspiration from there but how would you actually advise someone on crafting that strategy for themselves yeah so from a campaign perspective when whenever we're going through to craft anyone's strategies I like to work personally in quarters I don't like to work month by month because I feel like by the time you get everything sorted the next month comes around and 
I like to be really organized. <laughs> so I'd highly recommend to think about Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4 and think about it from that perspective. And whenever you are crafting out your campaign strategies, think about the segmentation again. So I know I'm kind of harping in on this, but every time we send out a campaign in any client's account that we run the campaigns for, we split out each campaign idea into two segments. So it'd be the F0 segment being a subscriber who's not yet purchased and then an F1s plus segment, which is anyone who's been a customer of the brand before. And so the reason why we do that is kind of what I explained before, that if you do have an opt-in offer or anything like that, you can keep reiterating that back to your, your F0s customers and even to like tailoring the content within those emails to suit. So, you know, I work with a couple of swimwear brands and for example, on the F0s content, Uh, with swimwear, you'd want to be overcoming like objections to purchase. So objections to purchase when buying swimwear online are all about sizing, how it's going to fit, feel, all of that kind of stuff. So when you're then kind of sending out your campaigns, you can have more of an emphasis on that type of content in your F0s campaign content. And then on your F1s, if you know they're a customer already, think about like on that type of content, you may not want to be like, here, buy this design again, because you know, they've bought it. What are some other things that you can kind of sell to them? So there's definitely, I guess, back again to the whole segmentation side of it. When you are crafting out your campaigns, it's really kind of important to think about that. And then as well to start to think about your frequency. So whenever you are sending out your campaigns in that way, in that structure, you can then go through and kind of see, all right, on my F0s segment for this particular campaign, we converted $1,000 worth of new customers. And on the customer's side of it, so the F1s plus segment, we converted $10,000 worth of sales in repeat purchases. But we also had 50 customer or previous customers unsubscribed from the list. So there's so much different data that you can get when you're kind of segmenting out everything like that. And it is, yeah, something to kind of consider because I, you know, I pull monthly growth reports and quarterly growth reports for all the brands we work with every month and every quarter. What I consistently see in every single account is that more than 75% of the accounts we work with, all of their campaigns run on repeat purchases. So it's really interesting exercise, anyone listening. If you've got a campaign coming up today, tomorrow, next week, whatever, go out and do a segment, send the one campaign to the two, those two different segments, and see exactly how many new people you've converted and then what are the metrics on the returning side. And I guarantee you'll have like 75% of your sales will come from the repeat purchase side. Hmm. That's a good, interesting report to run and just fascinating kind of for ways for people to think about it. So no, I love that. Before we finish up, do you have any other quick actionable tips you can offer our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So I've got a couple, I've just written some notes down for definitely a couple of things to think about when you're building your signup forms is to build them specific for the device. So I know that I mentioned this a little bit before, but um. If you've got a mobile specific opt-in that's on a mobile device, it's vertical, it's suiting, you know, it's suiting the device that people are using. Time and time again, I'll see people with a really small opt-in and I use a 27-inch iMac and it just does not stand out. (laughs) So for the sake of like conversion rates and getting more people to the mailing list, build out two different forms. 
we do this in every single account that we work in. We'll never have one form unless it's an embedded form that will kind of be responsive per the device it's on. We do that in everyone's account and that's just a stock standard. So yeah, definitely recommend to do that. Also, if you're wanting to expand on your user-generated content and your social proof, integrate your reviews Shopify app with Klaviyo and segment all of your buyers who have not yet left a review and send a campaign to them. So definitely, I'm already thinking about Black Friday, even though it's May. This is something that you can do at any time. You know, if you want to build on more reviews that are on your website, go and send out a review campaign. You can even do, say, for example, if you wanted to give an offer, so a $10 gift card to everyone who leaves a review, then create a submitted review flow and you can branch it out by there versus, um, you know, someone who's left a positive review or someone that's left a negative review and kind of have different emails that then goes back and, and talks to people depending on the type of review they've left. So that's a really good one. I've actually had brands where we incorporate this with, again, um, everyone we work with. And I've had brands that have had like 500 plus reviews in one day that have like been put on their site. So that's definitely something to test. Also another one, just in terms of like the whole Facebook ad side of things, that if you are wanting to build on some further social proof on your ads, use Klaviyo to drive comments on retargeting ads. And, you know, you could use an offer like leave your product experience story on our post and go in the draw to win a voucher. There's some specific brands I see online. I'm always getting targeted with their ads. And I, I see hundreds of comments of customers just leaving like all of these kind of comments about how incredible the product is and if I just saw that ad, I wouldn't really be that compelled. But when you see so many people leaving comments about how incredible it is, it's like, oh my God, I need to try this. So it's definitely something to test as well too, because I feel like the more people that you have commenting in your ads and talking about their product story and, you know, sometimes we see ads, we don't know how legitimate the brand. Or- You're like, is this an actual brand or is this drop shipped from nowhere and it's actually rubbish? Exactly. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely... You know, there's just so many little things within Klaviyo that you can use to really kind of just optimize things and push things even further. And I know from a, a Facebook ads perspective, that definitely is something can, in terms of a campaign, you can have, you can send it out. And then you can also then from a campaign's perspective, build that into a flow that then is like kind of running on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I love that, especially now that everything on Facebook is getting so expensive. Like if you can send an email to the customers that love you the most and be like, hey, comment on this ad. That is so much cheaper and more effective than trying to run a post-engagement ad on Facebook where now you're just getting likes, which are useless really in terms of social proof. Like getting social proof on Facebook ads these days is really, really hard because people don't like to comment if they don't feel like they need to, unless they're saying negative things, which is you know, <laughs> social media for you. <laughs> um, so, you know, having that as a part of your Clavio strategy is so powerful and adding that in, you know, it really does help when, as you said, like it gives that social proof. It proves that it's a legitimate business, that people actually like this product and can be a really, really great way of kind of solidifying that. And then in turn, you get a higher return on ad spend on your Facebook perspective. Yeah, 100%. So I would recommend to any listeners to definitely test that. And it's something that, I mean, could take half an hour to put together a bit of a strategy, the email design. And think about as well, too, the offer that you want to give. Maybe it's a a more extensive gift card to try and get as many comments as possible, like, say, for example, $500 gift card or anything like that. But I definitely feel like it's it's going to help a lot. And it's worth testing. 
hundred percent. I think that's the thing with all digital marketing though. It's probably worth testing these things. Yeah. Like <laughs> it may not work for your business. It may not work for particular industries, but it's worth testing. Yeah, definitely. Anything else you think we've missed? No, I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah. We've I just covered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Things in yeah. people's minds will be blown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hope the um the listeners have kind of yeah got some great value I guess from the tips and hopefully that there's things that you can kind of go away and think about today that you can incorporate into the account and as I said before like the most important thing you can do is just take action you know email is always like the forgotten child but <laughs> of the digital marketing world but you know I've got a brand that I work with and she says to me that Bryn you're my cheapest service out of all of the other like digital um you know digital agencies that she's working with in terms of like PR ads Google ads all of that different kind of stuff and she always says to me you know Bryn your service is the cheapest out of all of those and you make the most money so there's just keep thinking about email in that sense that there is so much potential there and um, just take action don't leave anything Don't keep focusing on other things outside of it. Make sure you are covering it as well because it is something that definitely, especially with all of these changes with Facebook and everything like that, it is going to be something that's definitely going to help you in the future. So I specialize in Facebook ads and we still tell all of our clients, make sure you've got your emails because at the end of the day, Facebook is Facebook and your emails you own. Like it costs you nothing to send an email. Exactly. It's your own marketing channel. You're not using a borrowed channel. Exactly. Yeah. I could rave about this. Yeah, no, I think it's, as you said, you keep, you keep, you keep calling it the forgotten child. And I think it really is. And I think people kind of gave it a bad rep in the last, you know, couple of years, but someone said to me the other day, they're like, are your email open rates really bad? Or are you just sending really bad content? Like, and I think that's so like, it's so relevant because people just ignore email. So they don't put the effort into it. And then they think that it's not working as well. Yeah. And then it kind of, it, goes from there like I think it's really important to focus on because as you said you own it yeah and and as you've said repeatedly if you do it really well it can make a lot of money yeah also too something to think about this has kind of just popped into my mind when you are thinking about your frequency of how many emails you want to send think about do you want to be known as a brand that's spammy or do you want to be known as a brand that's kind of more tasteful so yeah something to think about i I've had brands before that, you know, are insisting on sending like an email every second day. And I definitely can kind of see it from like a difference in where we are in the world. Australians are definitely not people that are very kind of aggressive in terms of their (laughs) sales and marketing approach. So sometimes less is more in that sense. So yeah, think about, do you want your brand associated with spam? I've even been to digital marketing conferences before where they'll actively speak about like a certain you know, certain marketers who just send an email every day, like super aggressively. <laughs> um, I don't know anyone that opens that many emails. Yeah. Most of them just get deleted <laughs> unless it's like, yeah, like unless it's something super exciting, you're better off to send them less and make them really, make them emails people want to open. Yeah, definitely. And think about the content within it. Like, I guess that even kind of falls into like your social strategy. You don't need to be posting two times a day on Instagram, but make sure like when you are posting that it's something that's really important that people want to listen to. And it's not just more content for the sake of content, if that makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that's just good digital marketing advice yeah. as a whole. <laughs> so it's going to get onto the last few questions that we ask everyone. Do you have any strategies, routines, or habits that you follow every day to help you stay on track? Oh yeah. So pretty much I'm in a kind of a really good routine at the, mo- at the moment wake up at 4am, 
never used to be this person ever. I was the person who was getting. Oh my God. No. <laughs> at 4 a.m. This was like my past life when I didn't have any staff and it was only me. So, yeah, yep. good habits are to start the day nice and early at 4 a.m., getting into the office as soon as I can before anyone else. That's pretty much it. I find, yeah, I'm a really productive person if I am, yeah. I work really early. <laughs> no one wants to talk to me if I got up at four o'clock in the morning. It's not my thing. <laughs> like, no, it's it's not a thing that works for me, but I'm glad it works for you. I, I like asking that question because everyone's answer is so different yeah. and so personal. <laughs> oh, I also have like, another two. I've just recently bought a treadmill for the factory, like where we work, just because I thought when I'm on calls to be able to <laughs> be productive. Do you use the treadmill? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Do you, oh, that's good. Depending, I contemplated it the other day. Depending on the type of meeting, obviously, if it's a Zoom meeting, um, <laughs> and <laughs> I can't, and, you know, I guess depending on how serious the conversation, I can't be a little bit too puffed talking to someone. Yes. <laughs> the best thing I did was buy AirPods because I, like, walk backwards and forwards across the office when I'm talking. Yeah. I can't sit down and talk. But, I mean, obviously, Zoom meetings, you have to, podcasts, you have to. But half the time I'll be like walking backwards and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need a treadmill too. <laughs> Do you have a favorite business book? Oh, yeah. Barefoot Investor, Profit First, Jason Andrews, Stark Naked Numbers, anything financial. I think, yeah, best fundamentals. You Profit First changed my business. Yeah. Such a good book. Me too. Even to Jason Andrews, Stark Naked Numbers book. I actually work with him, so he's kind of like the external CFO for e-commerce growth. He's um, SBO Financial, isn't he? Yeah, he is serious. He is on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Oh, so amazing. Amazing. Oh, my God, honestly, best thing I ever did in my business was work with Jason and the team. My whole company, everything's changed. Yeah, it's incredible. I really recommend anyone listening go. I might have to read his book before that episode. Yeah, because I guess he does specialise in e-commerce brands and digital agencies. And just, yeah, the value of what he has, even the audit I got that I yeah, had done by them was just incredible. And yeah, really highly recommend anything in terms of like business book wise. I think starting with like financial literacy first to anyone in business, because I, I do come across this and I have, I've experienced this in the past with our family business. You know, your financials of your business is the most important thing that you can kind of do. So if you are starting out a business and you're not essentially that financially savvy, just spend the time, read those three books and definitely, yeah, have a chat with Jason Andrew. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I mean, the number of times we get into Facebook ads, clients, accounts, start having conversations with them about money because I need to know like margins and, you know, lifetime value of clients and things and they don't know these things. Yeah. It's just so important to know the numbers behind your business. Yeah, definitely. I see this time and time again. I guess as well too from a service provider's perspective, I've had chats with him where he gives me calculators to know exactly like what is the money that I need to be recouping back for brands depending if they're a distributor of product or if they're manufacturing depending on the margins. Like there's just, yeah, he's really, really great. Everything he teaches, everything he does. I think yeah. like- I'm so excited to have him on the show. Mm, he's really he's really good life-changing <laughs> <laughs> amazing favorite podcast e-commerce influence by austin brauner i think that's his last name he is the guy from brand growth experts i first actually heard him speak and present at the Clavio boston event in 2018 he's really good phenomenal 
Wonderful. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Subscribe to my mailing list. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect answer. (laughs) Um, I'm not really active on socials. Yeah, e-commerce growth doesn't even have its its own Instagram page. But I guess, yeah, I think we're just so deep in client work that we're not really a brand or we're not really an agency that posts a lot on socials. But in terms of the email content we send out, we send out really good, solid advice. And it's definitely, yeah, it's a good mailing list. So jump on. <laughs> Amazing. And you've got an e-commerce marketing calendar that you wanted to share? Oh, yeah, as well too. There is a blog on our website on brindleyking.com. You can actually go in there and download like a 2021 e-commerce marketing calendar. It covers all the different channels. It's really comprehensive. So yeah, if you want a freebie and you'll be signed up to our mailing list. We'll drop that link in the show notes for everyone. Yeah, I love that I'm um, practicing what I preach. (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, realistically, you should be. (laughs) If you were like, you should contact me with Carrier Pigeon or on Instagram because we're really good at Instagram, I'd be kind of like, but the the email person saying, saying, you know, join up to our mailing list. Perfect response. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and I think you shared some really great information so thank you again oh thanks for having me i really appreciate it thank you for listening to the 16th episode of the bright minds of e-commerce podcast don't forget we load all of the links and show notes onto our website including the link to the marketing calendar download brindley shared you can find everything at www.brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash show notes forward slash episode 16 the link will also be in the episode description Thanks so much for listening.